Hey guys, I'm Suchita. I'm the co-founder of LBB, and welcome to season two of LBB's Open House, a podcast on how to build brands better. On Open House, I talk to makers, managers, and executives behind India's most interesting brands. In our last season, we spoke with marketing heads, investors, and founders of brands like Epigamia, Bira, Mama Earth, Boat, Cred, Blue Tokai, Wakefit, Paperboat, Chumbak, and many, many more. Our conversations range from decoding performance marketing and distribution to community building, analyzing your target addressable audience, fundraising, team building, management, and much more. Basically, all the things, tools, and inputs that you need to build your brand better. Today, I'm in conversation with Taru Kapoor. Taru is the general manager of Match Group in India, which has a portfolio of dating products that need no introduction, such as Tinder, Hinge, OkCupid, and many more. Taru has a wide-ranging career. She's worked with BCG, Sequoia, and then Match Group, where she was the first employee for Tinder in India, and she has grown the brand from strength to strength. In this conversation, we discuss Match's full-stack product approach for companionship, what Taru has learned about Indian customers while building Tinder, how dating products, specifically in the Indian context, have created agency, and finally, about how she has grown as a manager and a leader over the past eight years. I learned a lot from this conversation. Taru is an absolute delight, and I hope you enjoyed tuning in. So, uh, I, you know, I, I think the, the number one question that I have for you is, uh, you're running what is possibly the most interesting product of our generation, right? Uh, uh, because there's so much that Tinder globally has been able to do. I think the, I think the biggest thing has been, uh, and specifically in the Indian context, is removing stigmas around dating, right? Uh, and stigmas around, you know, having relationships outside of the person who you marry. Um, what's been the wildest thing that you have learned about Indian customers or just customers at large uh, over the past, um, now almost eight years of running Tinder? Uh, I think this this last sort of five and a half years that I have been doing this personally, I think it's been quite a journey. It's a ride. It, it is as fascinating as it sounds, but it's way harder. Um, and, uh, you know, you have to understand really consumer psyche and we're really dealing in a, in a category which is about, you know, your very something very personal to you. And uh, it's not, you don't always know what you want. You always don't know where you stand and your views evolve over a period of time, right? As you get more exposure, you have some preconditioned ideas uh, about love, about relationships, about dating, about the kind of person you are, about the kind of person you would like to be with. And as you get older and as you go through life experiences, uh, as you maybe go through some relationships, you're like, ah, no, that's actually not true, right? Or I no longer believe in that. Or especially in India, I think a lot of us in 20s and 30s today will relate to being sort of, uh, you know, growing up on a staple diet of Bollywood pop culture um, and Mills and Boone and Archie's like version, very larger than life, uh, you know, version of what life looks like. And then, you know, being 18 and, you know, imagining it's always like starts, it kind of ends it happily ever after. Like you say some, you know, you get into a relationship and it ends, but life actually begins there. And so what happened, what we've seen, the most fascinating thing for me is that our 18-year-olds are so different than our 22-year-olds, are so different than our 27-year-olds, are so different than our 30-year-olds, and so different than our 35-year-olds. And all of them are my audience. Um, and they are so different, there might as well be a generation between each of them. Uh, because that is the speed at which consumer mindset in India has accelerated and changed, especially in this area, but even broadly, right? Like your ideas about career, ideas about what I want from like how I spend my money, how I make my life decisions, the role my parents play in my life, uh, what my aspirations and dreams are, what's a dream. You know, all of that has, it has evolved in the last decade 10 to 15 years and so different people are at different stages of that it's a function of age it's a function of exposure uh, and many other things but that that's why it's a very complex very heterogeneous user community and that's what makes it super fascinating right so there is that old proverb about india that anything you can say about india is true and the absolute opposite is always true uh, and i think you see that every day right so i think it's been you i hear 
all sorts of amazing user stories like incredible things i have met people who have met on tinder and gotten married 8 days later which to me is crazy it's just crazy town and it's it's nothing short of a bollywood flick uh and i have met people who have found like companies together who have gotten into a relationship and then like no we don't have any chemistry but we can be co-founders or something else right so you just discover so much and in a country like india in particular right we don't talk to strangers we're very awkward uh, we're very warm people once we know someone we will welcome in you in our house we have great as hospitality we have everything but until and unless until that point at which we know each other we are very awkward we don't walk on the street saying hello right uh, we you're always taught to be very cautious against strangers right um actually uh, i was one of those who you know really doubted tinder's ability to penetrate in india for exactly this reason right we're just not taught to um uh, there's no sense of small talk right like you said there's no sense of you know saying hey how are you and uh, and also uh, you know like you absolutely accurately said uh, there's a lot of um, there, i i think i think everyone looks at the other person with suspicion right uh, and especially in the context of like men and women uh, which in a country like india has its own you know complexity um could you talk to me about how have you seen this user right like this 18 to you know 24 year old or whoever who's using tinder specifically uh, how have you seen them change over the last 8 years from you know thinking twice about you know should i use it should i not uh, to now it almost you know that 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 ability to swipe right uh, almost becoming second nature to you know how you even use mobile devices uh, could you talk a little bit about that i think it's been the most fascinating thing and i'll again um i think what wins and that's that's been my biggest takeaway is that the reason on any of this has worked is the absolute human desire to connect with another person and to find that companionship or relationship or friendship or we are social you know beings men can i don't think a man can survive man what would a human being can survive by themselves on this planet they could have everything but the need for human connection is extremely fundamental is very universal and universal and exists deep down right and so online dating has become something that you had rarely ever heard of there was a lot of fear of unknown you like i don't know who does this right like is that for me does this mean does using online dating mean i cannot find someone in real life like what does it say about me who are the kind of people that there were all of these questions that are natural considering how new and you know strange it was to a point that you know over two thirds of all relationships and first dates for 18 to 30 year olds in these markets start online like over two thirds today like and nearly you know more than half so almost 40% actually start on dating apps uh and of course tinder leads it by the widest margin so it's become how you meet people right and there's nothing strange about it anymore um and and so it's been fascinating and you know related to that i think also you know specifically now that you're managing a larger portfolio within the match group i think i think what's really interesting about what what you guys have been able to do is just own the full stack of companionship right uh, so from that you know 18 year old use case uh, uh, who's now getting uh, who's now using technology like snapchat again like you said you know actually when you were talking the immediate corollary coming to my head was snapchat right where uh, everything happens with some level of anonymity uh, so actions need necessarily be you know recorded so to speak um on the internet or or on the cloud um you guys have obviously you know expanded that use case that you may have begun with uh, to many more diverse products that you know uh, own a longer sort of like lifetime of uh, a customer's uh, uh, you know use case of companionship when you think of the job to be done across each of the different so for example like you very interestingly said uh, a tinder to a large extent is kind of about finding yourself when you're younger right uh, uh, it is about you know uh, seeking those uh, uh, seeking those unique experiences that help you to some extent uh, you know exaggerated or not shape your own identity when you think of the job to be done for say products like okcupid and hinge which obviously are for 
a very different use case and a and a customer with a very different intent than say a tinder customer uh, could you talk could could you help me understand you know two things one as someone who's managing all of these diverse products how do you compartmentalize you know um what kind of approach to have for what product uh, and also from a customer's perspective how have you seen the same single customer adapt to different products as in how their use case changes um so i would say i think on this approach of having a portfolio i think it's still relatively very early days in india right and uh, we're still building it out um and if you look at what match groups done globally and you look at for sure markets for online dating dating and matchmaking is at least a couple of decades if not more older than india you would figure out that you know the vision that unifies everything and matches that we help people form connections online right uh, to spark those connections we see ourselves as almost the introducer and the facilitator and that vision of connection is fairly broad it's still it's specific but it's broad and there are various kinds of especially in the one is to one connecting domain right it's not like a many to many connection um there are various different people have different uh needs and pro- different products are more efficient for you at different points in time right we don't actually track what any and our, each of our brands operate absolutely uh, independently and they actually compete with each other to some extent as well uh, and that's fine uh, it's only at the board level and at corporate level that you have some common leadership uh, but they all operate completely independently of each other so you know in the tenders headquartered in los angeles uh, okay give us headquartered in new york like they're all like completely different teams but as match group we feel like okay we can understand the uh, their market as a whole what people across the country across the world are looking for and what are different product and user experiences that you know they would want that would fill in the gaps that would suit them better so i think that's that's kind of the way we think about it so you know you know like you said tinders a sorry match group specifically is a global company right um uh, and you're obviously adapting all these products to the local you know indian context so two questions over there um uh, and let's you know begin with the first how have you localized the product itself right or like the use case of all the different products sub products within the larger umbrella of match group how have you localized tinder hinge okay cupid etc in the indian context uh, and again uh, you know not just in terms of uh, uh, you know uh, community building and marketing but uh, even from a product perspective right um, uh, if you could talk about that that would be great yeah so i will not go too much into specifics uh, but i would just say that as i said right there is each each uh, team works independently and they work with the product teams uh, in the you know global marketing teams and operations teams together to figure out what works for that best user experience and what would indian users want obviously there are certain common traits in what indian users want but i genuinely we run it um independently and the idea is for us to reflect the best we can and it's never done and it's never perfect and it's a work in progress uh and again user needs are evolving so um just to best capture their behavior uh their needs their uh, you know their features so like i think samplers and before we launched okcupid we spent so okcupid uh, basically is built on uh trying to understand you better so it will have okcupid is a database of 3000 questions which have been scientifically designed um and there's a there's a match, machine learning there's a algorithm which uh, kind of figures out who you are what kind of person you want and fig- and finds surfaces people who would be compatible to you and it takes into account several things as to what aspects are important to you like you may have an opinion about everything on earth but there are only three things on which like that really matter to you and so we give its philosophies that will match you on what really matters to you and so we will spend the time to get to know you and we'll obviously and that's a process that keeps evolving and so in fact even to sign up you have to answer like 15 questions uh, you don't complete your profile without that and and that takes like some time investment on your part uh but then when we started uh in the beginning itself we spent a lot of time figuring out okay which of these questions don't make sense 
for Indian users, what are the questions that would? And so we adapted that at the very beginning. Uh, and then we have constantly tweaked and iterated that process and added more things. We've seen how users behave, what aspects are they connecting on, what surfaces more, what, what is making for it matters and so it's a learning process which which makes us evolve their experience so that's just an example and there are several things that we keep doing i cannot speak to super specifics on each of these products but it's a constant um, that's the job understanding your user and add value to their lives so speaking of understanding your users, right, uh, obviously you're married, um, uh, you know, uh, you're uh, evidently not a user of, you know, Tinder or KCupid or Hinge in their more obvious sort of like use cases. Um, uh, and, and obviously I know, you know, as a, as a founder running a, uh, you know, running a company and as a GM running a company, uh, the, the, the emotion associated with the product are huge, usually largely different, yeah. right? So, uh, for you and for your team, and especially given how varied India is, you know, uh, from a tier one to a tier two to a tier three city, um, could you talk about what are the mental models of the frameworks that you use to understand this user better to not project your bias? Uh, on this user um, uh, across again, you know, all products or maybe just, uh, you know, from the vantage point of the GM of Match India. Yeah, so I think the most important thing is to question your assumptions at all points of time, right? Like, and being aware of your biases is very, very important. Right? As I said, I, I think I said this before that today's 18, 19 year olds are very different even from 25 year olds. Forget. 33 year olds like me right so the biggest mistake you can do is assume that their life truth would be the same as what yours was with him when you were 18 years old or 19 years old i was in college i didn't feel the need for it so why would these users right and it's i think being super aware of it and keeping yourself honest is number one and we just kind of write that and question ourselves and you have to assume you don't know anything and that's the only way you will get forward uh, we obviously invest a lot in like talking to consumers um, and just researching not just our users, but like, uh, you know, people at large uh, and, and we learn a lot from those kind of formal processes. But also, if you think about it, every day in your business, you make decisions. Um, you know, you need to you, be, you develop a certain judgment. You can call it instinct. You almost know by instinct this will work or this doesn't make sense. But really, instinct is a some some of experience and you know some of judgment and all the good judgment comes from past judgment, bad judgment also at some point. So I think this idea of keeping yourself honest, never getting super arrogant knowing when we are trying things and like experimenting it and then watching okay what will tell us i think the one question i ask my team almost any time they come back with saying this is what we should do um is um how would you know if this worked like once you have done this at the end of that project what would success look like right and it is sometimes more obvious in product decisions than it is in marketing but i think it's um true both ways right uh, you know in product you're like okay this these are the these are the metrics we are going to see right and sometimes having that conversation makes you realize the five other metrics that you're not including in that right there is some maybe there's a trade-off somewhere maybe something will happen as a second order consequence or third order consequence that you should be tracking and so having that conversation up front uh, is very important and marketing even more so because you're trying communication you're trying branding not sometimes it's not always obvious about what happened because you did a certain thing uh, but it adds up so asking this question uh, helps you say okay if it is good i will see it and it could be qualitative things but if this works i will see xyz i will have and it could be as random as i will have three people who i know call me or text me saying we saw this and it was good because if it was good eventually there is enough conversation about it that it will reach back to me and it's completely random and completely anecdotal but you know that what happens and when it is obviously bad you kind of always knew no, it's like <laughs> obviously bad. You don't need to think about it. You know, it will bomb in your face, uh, and you will know about it. Uh, and thankfully, and hopefully, that never happens. But like, those are the obvious ones. The hard ones are like the mediocre stuff. Like, you don't know if it was really good enough or incrementally. So we force ourselves to have that conversation, and we have misses, or when we think of okay, why didn't this do as well? So if you have that conversation honestly, and just ask the question without 
um sort of without going giving in the temptation to answer it every single of telling immediately right you don't have to come to me uh if you're working with me or somebody who's leading the project as the know it all who knows all the answers but you have to come to me having thought through about it that these are the questions maybe these are a few hypotheses or possible answers but i don't know and i don't know is a very 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 good answer because it's a, it's intellectual honesty and it forces you to okay let's go ask let's go find out right and and so i think that has what has worked for us because if you really think about it as i was saying the speed at which this this country and this market and this category has changed right the speed at which it has grown and with scale the any business when it scales the nature of the problems and the nature of consumer behavior evolves my early adopters look very different uh then 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 the users who are downloading or then that you know then at least half of the users who will download tinder today and they're they're coming in uh, assumptions and experience and expectation may be different and so their behavior will be different so this thing of the aggregating uh, data where it is data driven uh, asking these questions these pieces are very important I often joke that this job makes me feel like a dinosaur. I feel very old. Like if you, like, I don't know the last time when you talk to a few twenty-year-olds and you're like, I don't follow this conversation. Oh, my, my my brother is twenty, uh, twenty-one. So like every conversation with him, I'm just like, man, uh, there's like a generational divide in between. Absolutely, or spot on. Exactly, and so you know you you feel old, but like you have to do that to challenge yourself, right? And some of it is like you know immersing yourself into their conversation. What do they care about? Spend this endless amounts of time that goes into popular, you know, social media and pop culture, just research, absorbing, and sometimes it's like a baffled. What are we were doing? But if you don't know, you can't do anything about it, right? So it is. uh extremely fascinating it's a learning exercise especially when you're building a b2c lifestyle product this is not a utility product hmm. we don't grow with discounts we don't grow with saying you know today there is big billion days and therefore if you date today it is you know 30% off <laughs> that's <doesn't work. laughs> i cannot uh, i cannot tempt you to date i cannot i can't change your mind right and that's not the intent right you, you so this is a b2c lifestyle driven tactic if you want to use my product you will the day you stop using it you will go there is nothing that stops you right and so to build a business like that you are really talking you are really figuring out the real motivations of your consumers and so if you, it starts with understanding who they are all 100000 types of them like big city small city you know age education exposure all every axis you can think of understanding their motivations figuring out what they want and then try and it's always try you never successfully to get get add value to their life in some way because ultimately i think in all business if you consistently add value eventually you will be able to capture part of that value for yourself and that's what builds the business if you try to capture everything or if you try to capture it too quickly it will usually not work uh but you so if you if you just focus on that step one or i want to improve this experience i want to add value and there is always things we can do everything else falls in place so could you give an example uh, right so uh, so maybe uh, you know if you could talk about say like a marketing activity that you've done or maybe you know like a a, a product feature that you launched uh, which really helped you unlock this creation of desire right because uh, like you correctly said you're at the end, end of the day selling a lifestyle brand um uh, and and a lot of that desire needs to be created right or manufactured uh, even if it's through pop culture or you know whatever else uh, could you give an example of things that you know you've done either in india or globally that have really been uh, able to 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 get this done yeah so i think again it's not necessary again we can't manufacture your desire what we can do is if that intent exists and as i said super human intent especially in the world we live in right loneliness is an epidemic uh it's every every all have it we all crave the connection um and 
especially in indian context especially if you talk about indian women wanting that choice and control and freedom and agency of your own life is such a deep motivator that we don't manufacture anything however what you can do and what we have you know in some ways focused on doing especially for the first several years was you know solving for the fears and the barriers right like the this thing of what is this can this even happen and you know all the fear of unknown everything that comes from something that's new right and as i said our best advocates are our consumers and our members themselves so i think the one thing that we have focused on doing um again if if so the the one strength we have if you think about it is the fact that we will talk about that inner dates on their you know in at the water cooler in their office it's lunch table conversation it's something that you tell your friends about right and tons and tons of brands would kill to be part of that conversation right uh elton has always been blessed to be a part of culture lifestyle like that's what people are talking about us um in some ways and again when people talk to you about they will tell you about the weird date they had the funny date they had the amazing date they had the bad date they had and and usually you don't hear the vast majority of stories as much which are good and very good and very interesting like you know those are the ones that that you hear less about the the more unique and outliers one you will hear more and in some ways our job initially uh, is to sort of was to say hey was to just amplify these stories right put like our users are our best advocates so the face to our brand should be our users not us right and so we we would every time we talk to users we'd ask them would you want to share your stories and once in a while someone would say yes and we would help amplify that and we would the biggest trust comes from okay he's using it she's using it he's using it she's using it and this is what they did this is what they did this is what's possible this is what's possible this is an experience someone else had and just they because they're real they're authentic they are examples of and this is the what's possible it tells you that hey i can do it too or i wide and i think of that or this is relatable or if it can happen for them it can happen for me or i am looking for this maybe i'll go for tinder to find it out right and they do when they try and i think and then they try and they navigate and you know then we are we're all set because they they are very quickly they will learn to navigate the product experience and make what they want of it right you you swipe left on whatever you don't want to connect with and it's very easy it doesn't even take a second right and you swipe right on what you want and so you're only opening yourself up to things that you want so you're moving forward in a direction that's completely of your own choice um in your own making and at all points of time you can choose to move forward or move back um withdraw consent explore and and so you get so much control that then we are set so i think that's been the and we've done this over the years like many 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 ways like lots of lots of marketing communication would have focused focus on bringing that that piece out and just amplifying the reality of what's happening on the product and actually telling all the good stories and the great stories because you'll hear the really weird ones by itself i you would need my help i think another secret sauce that you guys have which uh, doesn't get talked about enough is how lean your team is right um and i want to get into that because i think globally you guys are 400 people uh, i think in india you guys are sub 10 people if i'm not mistaken um which is unheard of right especially given the the scale of operations uh, you know that you have the number of users you have in the communities that you've been able to build uh, so uh, what you know what's the how do you make that happen how do you take less than 10 people and build you know a world class company product etc within india itself yeah so i think um I mean, so Tinder is less than five hundred people globally. OkCupid, Hinge, both less than hundred people. Most of our product teams uh, are most of our teams are like that. I think couple of and so in India we now just reach ten across brands and uh, functions. Um, and it seems like and for but for the longest time we were like three of us and four of us for the longest time building this. Um, I would say a few things. One is. I think team size, first of all, is a function of the nature of business you're in, right? So it's your, it's, a, it's about your business model, uh, and so by itself, it isn't, uh, you know, a great thing or a you know bad thing 
um by itself it doesn't say that you're successful you can have 1 million people and be very unsuccessful in some ways or have a very poorly performing business and you can have a great one at like 100 right so i think by it's, it's a function of operating model now we do not have a very operationally intensive business uh i don't have you know grocery delivery and you know cabs and all of that so when the more operationally intensive your business is the more 24/7 it is the more you need people to sort of run for the business to run it's like a shop if your shop is open you're in business if you shut down the shop it's not doing any business versus the great advantage of software not all software but most software is you know it works i can we can all be sleeping the entire company can be sleeping but business would work and yes you still need to sort of there are some you know there's care and there's devops and there are still some essential functions but 80% of the company can be on leave on a day but the business would still function the users can still experience your product you probably still make that new website so we're blessed in a way to you know work with the in a product and a business model where it's possible um now building lean teams when you can when your when your operating model allows is a great average right like it's if you can do it it basically means that you don't have to focus a lot of your energy on managing people because at some point the more people you have you need people to manage people you need processes to manage people you need you know you need, you need a whole thing uh to run that apparatus and again that's necessary in most uh businesses but the more people you have the more complex that that piece of having the org work and ultimately all companies are just people right like this a bunch of people who work together so leadership always has to align and motivate and get everybody working in the same direction and it's easier to get three people to work in the same direction generally speaking than 300 and 30000 right so i think that's that's obviously a, a strong leverage when you can do it um doing it is hard finding the right person right people um and each new employee is like like when we were a team of four like you can imagine each person is 25% of your team therefore it's 25% of your capacity on execution and there are also 25% of your culture right each person brings their own work style and beliefs and values and everything and that impacts the team culture so how do you build a strong culture uh, in small teams you know becomes a thing in itself uh, we've been lucky um, we've had some great people work with us for years Uh, we've added a, a few new folks to our team in the last several months as well as we continue to expand um but it's still it's still a small team that knows each other that learns from each other and the great advantage of this is that each of them has a ton of impact personally a ton of room to grow uh a lot of in they literally see what they do personally out on a, with millions of users they have grown they grow leaps and bounds every few months because the nature of challenges and the nature of responsibility that you get thrown at you is so vast right if if you could talk to me about you know what your management style is been because like you said you know when you've got you know a just a room full of less than 10 people uh, and people who are highly competent who want a lot of ownership you know who don't want everything to be broken down for them uh, that obviously morphs your management style right uh, and that morphs uh, uh, you know to a large extent uh, uh, your ability to you know uh, impose your thoughts and views um, uh, on these people versus you know take as much from them and then dispel that through the different layers that you work with right how is your management style changed uh, and what is a and and what is a leader you know who's who's got such a tight knit team um of sub 10 people what what are the do's and don'ts uh, you know at your level specifically with a with a team that's that tight knit um i think look it depends on you know each person will have their own natural style and then so you first need to be super self aware of what it is and then what your strengths and weaknesses and then you can't change too much of it because you can't but you can if you know your gaps and blind spots you know what to actively try to mitigate or grow into and so on so i think that that's the first do for any leader like know yourself no do you get anxiety by last minute things or not are you a planner or not are you somebody who likes or doesn't mind being called at 11 pm for work because you are going to do that to your team 
right and you may because that that's going to become your instinct and that's may not be that may not be something that you have to guard yourself against right or you find and i, I would really say guard yourself against then the, the easy thing is to find other five other people who are also okay with it but the easy thing is to guard yourself against so i think the first do is knowing yourself right and your work itself and you know your gaps so like my natural style is xyz and then here are the three things that either i hire for right so i am not i don't like micromanaging and i don't like going into the last detail of of everything like right? and so i would want some people in the team for example who are very detail oriented and will go into the last detail and i trust them right because i because i can when i need to go through the last detail i'm an engineer every engineer can do that to some extent but it's not my natural style and my natural preferences i'll do the big picture and i'll do 80 20 and i will get into the details only of the things that matter or 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 which are top of my agenda but i need someone else who will do that for everything else right because at the some you want a certain quality of work going out so it's about knowing your own strength that's an example it could be anything else if you don't like if you if last minute stuff gives you panic and you are a planner then you set expectations with your community with your team you set deadlines accordingly and all of that and then don't intervene so those are the, the, that those are important because your stress will get down to your team instantly there are not a lot of buffers in large companies if you are like a founder or a ceo you probably don't interact with most of your employees on a daily basis right you probably interact with seven or eight people uh, on a regular basis and maybe another 30 on a more periodic basis and maybe the rest of them you see on time town halls and whatever like it's very likely so your stresses and your mood swings and your worries and all of that don't necessarily go down to the last employee right it's buffered within a very small circle that doesn't happen when you're sitting in the same room with with seven or eight people hmm. so your your stresses and your you know quirks and all of that are going to show right so and in some way in and in so you have to know that you know what at this point either is going to show and you've had an you know you, you know your team enough and there is enough sort of an honest conversation that you know how to manage that without it being negative or you know this is the time i will pack up and go home right or i will work out of some middle so you have to have that self awareness and i think that's very important people completely underestimate how much stress gets created in orgs from top you know and it happens in every org right Your, the ex ceo will say something the next layer will interpret it in a certain way add their own buffer to it transmit it down and all of that and it creates a lot of the daily sort of stress of work uh, and sometimes it creates a lot of unnecessary work in companies because every layer adds their own value and you sort of have junior the more junior people working on actually not just the junior people even middle management working on a lot of things that actually are not really that so that's that's the other piece i think then then the then the next piece is you know have, and again that i would strongly recommend is having a strong culture of honesty in your team because when you have such a small team you by definition are empowering them um you know there is you are trusting their judgment a lot of them are going to go out and do things and they stand in for you right that you're not going to codify every single process so to speak because you can't you don't even know what it is so the values and the you know the decision making protocols and the how do we work with each other and how do we you know brainstorm things the hows become more important hmm. and uh, setting spelling them out matters right so for me uh, there are two ways you have people have trust models uh, you have you can either be a person who you know when you meet someone new you're like i don't trust you because i mean i, I don't distrust you but i don't trust you today and over a period of time you have to earn my trust right as you get to know me and you will get my trust and i will sort of give you more and more that's one way of working the other which is what i my model is is on day one i will give you a certain amount of trust uh and you know i trust your judgment i have i have done my questioning when i hired whatever and now i am trusting you and it's yours to lose right so i don't like micromanaging and all that and i'll say, say that very clearly and it's yours to lose and of course you can get get at a higher level but the default level of trust and respect that you're going to get with me is very high that's my personal work style it doesn't it is no means to say that's the only one 
but whatever it is right you need to know what it is you need to communicate what it is you need to set expectations right like in my team i think I, every time i hire someone new i at least repeat for 6 months to them if not more that you don't have to agree with everything i say if you disagree speak up if you you know if you have a point of view that's different fight me i don't mind a fight i don't mind an argument you can absolutely say tarun this is bullshit what are you talking about or i have a different point of view then reason it out then defend it let's have an argument but you shouldn't come in walking assuming that you know she said it she's my boss so i just have to like follow and that's very important because i can't I, i've hired smart people for a reason a b i can't think for all of them and see i will miss stuff right there is just blind spots and perspectives so for me that's very important and it no matter how many times i say it takes at least 6 months for me to repeat it repeat it repeat it because that's not a culture people are used to at most companies where you say you know where you will fight and walk out of the room over your boss right but i'm okay with that and so there are so that those are the things what i would like seriously ask people not to like if you're consider if you're building off a small team like that whatever your culture codes are whatever your values are setting them down early having an honest conversation conversation and reinforcing that by example in your team meetings and all is very important i think those are my big ones again beyond that it's really up to each of us you mm. have to be honest and authentic to who you are and i'm still learning i've only been doing this by like still don't think i know anything about uh managing teams and sometimes i feel like it's a therapist's job and sometimes <laughs> i feel like it's a, uh i don't know motivational coach jobs and sometimes you have to be like captain of a ship like you have to have different days there are days on which you have to force decisions and say that's it this 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 we are doing and there are days on which you are sort of deliberately being unstructured and you know letting conversations we are off into different directions so um it's a lot it's a lot and uh, i am no by no means there yet i was going to ask you know uh, you obviously took on the reins of uh, tinder specifically when you were quite young um uh, you know by yeah. like still young still young <laughs> uh, thank you for that correction yes yeah, still very young uh, no but uh, you know i mean uh, 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 for me i i uh, recently turned 30 and uh, and i think only now i'm figuring out what my you know style is right uh, uh, because it uh, like you correctly said uh, it takes certain milestones for you to also understand what self awareness means and looks like right uh, when you reflect on your own journey and not a you know sound like motivational coach or therapist about this but when you reflect on your own journey and you've had like a remarkable journey right iit hps bcg sequoia uh, you've you know you've you've worked at the most prestigious places i'm sure worked with large teams small teams etc uh, how have you mapped your own you know evolution um and when you think of you know the things that worried you when you were 26 27 at the helm of this uh, and the things that worry you now how is that how has that changed and uh, in some levels you know it doesn't hasn't changed at that time i worried i know nothing i still worry i know nothing um so it <laughs> hasn't changed um feel as silly i think uh, i as a personally i think a couple of things i'm the kind of person who really prioritizes like learning and personal growth uh and it has to be challenging and hard so the day this job gets easy i'll quit it hasn't so far it's very challenging job so i'm fine but that's the kind of person i am like so i will always optimize for learning and you know taking the risk throwing myself out there uh i hadn't before the shop ever managed a team done an operating role or done any marketing or any communication so i hadn't done like 80% about my job today i had done strategy before i can i am very good with numbers i can i understand product to some extent uh and things like that but a lot of what i was getting into i had no idea about plus thinking i had no idea about but it was fascinating to me like the scale of the problem it was like okay i was like you know what it's like it is like having your own company it was a small product i the day i was the only person in india when i when we then started this and uh, i was the only person outside of la for tinder uh you know working on this so like there was no playbook there was no rules and so that's exciting and so for me at that time i think just the intellectual challenge of figuring out product market fit 
right um all that theory of or i mean not theory but like the second hand view you get when you're an investor right or when you're studying you know in business school or when you're like running somebody else's company and giving them advice like it's not the same as being at at a driving seat and so i was like i want to try it out to be honest so i was like let me see and maybe i'll fail and so what right like i learned something and from that point on um i was the only person. i was like literally doing everything from like how do i make a creative on my world where it's like writing writing the first narrative you know talking to the product to understand how this works like literally the first steps of like what this is figuring it out or there's no playbook no rules to follow tinder had like 50 people at that time and i said i was the only person looking at anything international and india is as far away from us as it gets uh, on on like culture on on the soul i was like we'll figure it out right and so obviously a lot has evolved my understanding has evolved it is still as i would say there's still lots to learn and unlock and figure out um but that has evolved i hadn't managed a team directly and so figuring out what my own management style was has evolved and again the honest the honest feedback on that only my team can give i can i don't know and maybe they have suffered through a lot of things when <laughs> but I, you know a lot of them stuck around um uh, for a lot of time so like that's it, it i'm grateful for that and i have seen us as a team evolve as a working culture evolve each of us as individuals evolve uh what we are capable of doing today individually and together we couldn't in um february 2016 like or whatever even in january 2017 none of us could have done that right so to me that piece is gratifying uh looking at how far we've come and also knowing how much potential there is because the more you understand the more you realize that hey there are 100 million singles in india who have a smartphone over 18 actually between 18 to 30 um you know they all want to meet people when you talk to people in these small cities and like very like little towns and them using tinder and them having their own take on it and you hear them in their own unfiltered way it it tells you how much is there to be done it's very invigorating and it you evolve and from a management and a leadership perspective i have learned a lot i have changed again my self awareness has grown when i remember when i started my first job my boss used to say she has so much spunk like she's smart but she has so much spunk cuz i would just say things like i don't i wouldn't care who's in the room there's a senior partner and i would just say what like whatever came to me i had no sense of and, and to some extent i'm still like that i'm very direct you're so preaching was, to the choir <laughs> <laughs> i just want to say <laughs> i was like that right and of course i you know i have evolved and figured out what are if what are effective ways to communicate and again i am not there yet. there is a i would be a better communicator i am sure in 10 years from now than i was 10 years ago or 5 years ago but communicating to different stakeholders whether it's your team your vendors your partners your bosses stakeholders like i today work with teams across the globe as match group right so different teams different products different uh, you know folks in the corporate team like all sorts of different sort of stakeholders across the group I don't report to most of them. I don't have a direct structured relationship with most of them. They're all from different cultures, and you know, uh, both from a ethnicity as well as like company culture background, all of that. And so I have to tune, like, figure out, change my communication and style to each of them, which is which is a learning curve of its own, and as uh, and I have to figure that out at the same time with your team. You you have. you know you bring in new folks and they have a different working style than you and you have to uh you know for me you know you, they have to enjoy the job right i want them to enjoy the job and you only enjoy your job enjoying your job is clean means you don't wake up on monday like oh shit monday oh my god i have to go to work and i'm only doing this because i get money or whatever like if you dread your job on a monday then you know it's problem you're not going to last very long and you're not enjoying your job if you're not growing it so i have i speak to each of them every 3 6 months and i'm like okay what is it that you are doing well what is it that you are struggling at right and 
I believe that you must be struggling at at least twenty percent of your job in some ways. It has to be new and challenging, and you shouldn't. And and at the same time, you have to be comfortable with at least fifty percent of your job, which you are like, I can do this in my sleep, and that's the right mix. And you do that, and in six months, that twenty percent, like some of that, will move into the. comfortable zone and there will be less pieces in your day to day that you're struggling at and that's for me time to give you a new challenge right so that i still i, I add more things on your plate i add your scope i i start asking you more strategic questions or whatever it is just being able to give your team another milestone right another like keep moving the goal post but uh, and i love the ratio that you gave right 50% should be okay i can do it in my sleep uh but then just making sure that there's a 20% kicker uh i absolutely love that okay i've taken up a lot of your time i'm going to uh end this with two quick questions for you uh the first one is you said you're a vociferous reader what is the one book or books or podcast or whatever uh, that you think anyone building a brand must read ah uh, i think uh, i think you should if you're building a brand you should do two things pick fiction and read fiction because it opens up your imagination and read about human behaviors there are lots of good books that like like sapiens and there are tons of other good ones which will get into core human behavior and motivations i think the tons of good ones you can pick any of those but i i strongly recommend fiction because we all absorb too much business content anyway on our newspapers and twitter feeds and podcasts and, and you will do that uh but if you if you're building a brand particularly you want to open your imagination give give your mind your right side of like your brain some breathing space so i recommend some of that uh it opens creativity up uh and the last question for you which is what is one indian brand that you love and you recommend and you think everyone should go check them out There are tons of them. India, India has had a great marketing history, right? So, I mean, I don't have a favorite per se, but I think, I think, growing up, I was always a fan of like Amul, Lester Lamb, for you know, their, their again, it's insight. It's, it's you know, they, they defined moment marketing before social media existed, before topical was a thing. Ability to have a take and say something. And so, I think I've always loved how they build the brand and the love they have. uh there are tons of like new in the last few years a lots of d2c businesses that have come up and lots of direct to consumer brands that have been built too many to have a favorite but lots of them and it's you would realize i think my favorites are the ones that take the time to understand their consumer and build for them and their psyche and um, yeah i think i don't have a favorite with a lots and lots of them Thank you so much. This has been incredible, uh, and uh, I think my you know biggest learning from this uh, has been uh, you know I I think I, I think one way of looking at um, at Match Group and specifically you know at what Tinder does is sort of like m- making it seem frivolous and saying oh it's dating right, uh, but actually what you said uh, and I made a note of it while you were speaking is I think the the biggest problem with us Desis is we are not taught how to control our own outcomes on day one. You know everything is sort of like. everything from your education system to your parents wanting you to become doctors engineers or whatever right like everything is kind of like put down to the t um and i think you know through your product and through your work if you can uh, give us very regimented desis a chance to open our own minds imagination uh, that really is what it is man uh, and i think the second you look at it from that lens you actually realize two things the impact and the potential so uh, all the best thank you so much for doing this this has been incredible um i hope this was easy fun <laughs> yeah thanks <laughs> for having me such a fun awesome awesome thank you taru i'll see you soon bye bye